Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. I'm Kyla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get in the Word, Lila, can you open us up in prayer, please? Yes. Thank you. Lord, I just thank you for today and for another opportunity to gather together to discover what it is that you have for us, Lord, to get to know you better, Lord, and to edify each other, Lord, and bring them closer to you, God, and just continue to walk in your graces, Lord, and in your path. And I thank you for your goodness and for the good weather you've blessed us with, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to our morning Bible study and our continued study in 1 Corinthians. So this morning we're in chapter 14, and could I get a volunteer to read the first 12 verses, please? I will. All right, Charles. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed the inter- unless indeed he interprets, that the church may receive edification. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? Even things without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sound, how will it be known what is piped or played? For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? So likewise, you, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are in many, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to he who speaks, and he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. Even so, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Amen. All right, so at this time, we're going to open it up to each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions. All right? Yes. Who wants to begin? I will. All right. Charles, go for it. I just found it interesting when, how Paul keeps saying that prophesying is better than tongues and how that you should prophesy. But I think also Paul's getting at here is that we should be building up each other. It should more not just be for yourself, but you should be willing to share the stuff that the Lord gives you. It just reminds me of a place in Proverbs. I don't know exactly where, but he was talking about how the Lord tells you in secret and you go onto your rooftop and shout it out so everybody can understand what he's saying and you give revelation to others. And how the Lord was showing me that when you have something from the Lord, you're not just supposed to keep it to yourself. It's supposed to be used for good inside of and outside of your house. 
because Jesus didn't just stay inside of Nazareth and only heal the people there. No, but he went out and healed everybody around him and went to different places so he could heal others. That was just what the Lord showed me. Okay. That's a, that's a good point. And we see that even with how Paul describes, I'll say, the offices, right? Apostle, yes. prophet, evangelist, shepherd, or pastor, right? They can be used interchangeably. And teacher. They were for what? Edification of the others. Building up. Exactly. For the building up of the saints. You see the same thing here. There should be a, a trend and a pattern that we observe with how Christ has intricately woven his body, the church, right? Yes. There are things that need to happen, as in we need to be built up. We need to be uh, encouraged and exhorted and edified, right? Yes. All the same things that a, a child needs, right? Yes. A child needs to be encouraged. They need to be edified. They need to be built up. They need to be instructed. So and equipped. And equipped and trained, yep. Mm. Encouraged, admonished, right? When we don't do things as they are supposed to be done, right? Yes. So, so you see the same pattern over and over in Scripture, in the Word, in the church, in, in the body of Christ, which is why the Apostle John in First John talks about and I, th I think we covered this last week, the spiritual states, right? As little children, as in infants, and then as little, little children in the form of toddlers, right? Yes. And then as adolescents, and then as fathers. All right? It means that there is maturing happening in this process. We shouldn't continually need uh, to be on the elementary things, right? And Paul also addresses that in Scripture. By now you should be teachers, right? Yes. But we're still discussing the elementary things of the Word. And not that, that that's necessarily bad in and of itself, right? The basics are the basics. We should be able to do the basics well. But as a father, we should still be able to do the basics, I'll say almost without thinking, right? Yes. Okay, so then we too should be growing and maturing in the things of the Lord. Being built up, being edified, encouraged, and all those things that we just discussed. It's for our good. Yeah? Yes. So good, thank you. Anyone else? Um, I agree with what Charles was saying that that we should desire to prophesy because we're sharing what the Lord has to say, but also I think there's an underlying tone of what Paul is saying here is we should desire to know the mysteries of God, to understand God fully. And in my translation, you kind of see that when you prophesy, you're declaring the mysteries of God to the church for the edification. It's like sharing the knowledge of this is what I've learned about God, this is his character, this is his nature. And this is what he desires versus you speaking to God. You should desire God to speak to you. Mm -hmm. That's it. Thank you, Kyla. Absolutely. I mean, God wants to hear what we have to say, but the most important is what's coming out of his mouth, 
man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That is our sustainment. Mm -hmm. We also have to look at the, I'll say the why and the how, right? Because, uh, so we can go back and you can look in scripture, Numbers eleven twenty nine, right? Um, the Lord said he was going to take the, the spirit on Moses, the Holy Spirit that was on Moses, and he was going to place it onto the 70 elders, right? Yes. He said, I'm, as the Lord says, I'm going to take the same spirit that's on you, and I'm going to place it on these elders, right? Um, so there's that. And then there were two others that began prophesying. And Joshua got jealous, right? Because the natural perspective is, hey, wait, this will take away from the, the quote-unquote power, authority, the position that Moses held, right? Yes. But what was Moses' response? He basically laughed and said, why are you being childish? <laughs> he said, are you jealous for my sake? He said, I wish that they all would prophesy. Which begs to, to ask the question, why? In order to prophesy, right? It, and prophecy is, and a prophet, a prophet in itself is being the mouthpiece of the Lord, right? To, to put it in a very simple to understand, um, you know, description. So in order to be the mouthpiece of the Lord, we have to accurately hear what the Lord is saying. And we can't add to it or take away from it. The Lord said what he said, right? So for the desire then, whether it's Moses or whether it's Paul here in the New Testament saying, I wish that they all would prophesy, right? Denotes that they, one, have a relationship with the Lord, that they are growing as in moving and maturing in the things of the Lord, that they accurately hear him and know his voice, and are able to share that, what the Lord is saying and speaking to his people. Yes, it first applies to us, but it also applies for those that the Lord will have a share with or have a, a prophet, or um, someone that has a prophetic gifting to share it with. Yes. Again, for edification, for building up. Right? Yes. It, it's important. So, the desire then to have everyone prophesy is that everyone clearly has a, a right relationship with the Lord, and they are moving and growing in Him and the things of Him. They know His voice accurately, and they can Share what the Lord is, sh- is saying without distorting it. So accurately sharing what the Lord is saying. So it matters. It's important. How many, how many times have messages been passed, just in the natural, from a parent to a child? Or, or there was a, a game, a telephone, right? And how the message started out to how it ended up. Uh, how many times was that accurate? Never. Almost never. Okay. So so you see why it's important. It's important because what the Lord says matters. Right? He says not one jot or tittle will, uh, of the word will, will fail. It won't pass away. Right? But it will, his word will go out and accomplish all 
he plans and his purposes, right? Yes. So we then need to be able to accurately hear him. Or he says, my sheep know my voice. Another's they won't follow. So it denotes our, just right there and what is said, denotes that we have a right relationship with the Lord. We are in perfect alignment. There is no, There are no other gods or anything else before him, but that he is continually before our face and that we are moving forward in the things of him as he directs us through his Holy Spirit. Because that's where it's coming from. Because what's it say about the Holy Spirit? He will take from the Father and disclose it to us. That's how Jesus conducted his ministry, right? Only said what the Father said and only did what the Father did. Clearly as was disclosed by the Holy Spirit. So in the same way, we should be conducting our lives. Isn't, but also, isn't that an Old Testament promise? That your old men would dream dreams, your young men would see visions and prophesy? Yes. Okay. So the desire then is that they all can prophesy. And this goes along with the gifts that we were discussing last, last week. Right? The Lord can use the, the Lord's gifts. Right? And, and clearly we're going to need more teaching on, on just the gifts. But while we may have a, a predominant or primary gift, right, that's evident for all, let's not limit the Lord. Allow Him to, to minister through you in whatever gifting or area that He wants to do it. Because ultimately it's for the edification and equipping of the saints, for building up his body. So if that's through prophecy, let it be through prophecy. If it's through ministry or healing or, or helping, right? However that is, allow, that, allow him to, to use that to minister through you. And, you know, the, the motivational gifts, those are personality gifts, those are what we have in our own, that's a part of our being that we control those. But the, the spirit of prophecy belongs to the Lord. And just also rem- remembering that in all things, all, all things that the Holy Spirit does, they point us back to Jesus. They, they edify and lift up Jesus Christ in our eyes. So understanding the difference and why these things are important. It's not important because it makes us important or makes us more prominent or powerful than anybody else. It's important because as the body is structured from the head, who is Jesus Christ, he wants these things to function and flow in us freely. So allowing the Holy Spirit to do whatever it is that he desires. He doesn't come and um, take over us, if you will, um, and fight us against our will to make us do anything, but he wants us to be vessels that are freely open to him, that desire his presence and are willing and understand how to cooperate with him. That's also part of what you see here. Um, Paul is trying to clarify some things and equipping them by helping them to understand the purpose of 
these gifts that the Holy Spirit, and, and so we're talking about the Holy Spirit manifesting particular gifts through us for the building up of the whole body of Christ together. And he works through what he's already naturally put on the inside of us when we were born, the natural personality or motivational perspectives that we inherently have, using those, all of those things together to accomplish the will of God in the, in the earth and what Jesus is ministering to his body through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the only thing that um that I was seeing in this was that um there's there's like to me there was like a um a secondary message underneath. It seems like everybody's kind of been talking about it, but it's just that um it's a pattern for our speech as well. So that are we doing everything that's building up the church? It's just so easy to get off track with that. So here Paul's telling us he's relating it to prophecy, but he's he's also talking about the outcome of prophecy. It's for the building up. Mm-hmm. And so what I was hearing was just, you know, just watch your speech. Watch your message. Is it building up? Just keep it there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great point, right? And as you said, we should be building each other up. Now, of course, how that looks is up to the Lord, right? And in all things, as you know, we, <laughs> Dean, we always share say what the lord says to say and do what the lord says to do or that's that's the pattern for our life so sometimes and i say it for this reason right sometimes um and it's not that it's not done in love but sometimes there are i'll say uh, a message needs to be delivered harshly there are times for that and paul addresses that especially in second corinthians uh, at the end of second corinthians right and sometimes that's necessary. It shouldn't be the norm. But that entirely depends on us and our heart toward receiving the message. All right. So, so wait, we don't get to decide whether how a message comes across and what we think on it. It's Correct. the Holy Spirit who gives us the what and the how we do what we do. He is the one who dictates that. It's not my emotional perspective. It's not I think you're you're too old for that, et cetera, et cetera. And now I can step outside of the love of God. That that's not what 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 you're talking about, honey. Correct. And you're also talking about when the Lord speaks with us, He is a very gentle and loving God. And you're talking about for the one who receives the message, if they are um, resisting the Lord in an obstinate mm-hmm. kind of way, that there may be an opportunity at that point when the Lord speaks more directly. And it depends on what it is, but it's not the person delivering the message that dictates exactly. how it should be said. So making making the distinction, if Christ is at the helm, if he is in his place as head of everything that we do individually, and we let the Holy Spirit provide to us the information that Christ wants for us, and we let him dictate what we say, how we say it, when we say it, who we say it to, because he's God, then it will be done in excellence. It will be done Amen. right. No matter how the human perspective perceives it, it's what does God want? And he's providing that instruction and insight to us through the Holy Spirit. It's not for the prophet to go, well, I, I think it should be said this way. Wait a second. Humble yourself. Yield exactly. to the Most High God. And let him get across the message he wants to get across. And how it's done is equally important as what is done. Exactly. That's, that's beautiful. Amen, honey. And, and and I'll I'll give you 
Well, that, that is the pattern, right? Throughout the entirety of Scripture, especially the Old Testament. Uh, we, we often talk, well, well, we, but in general, uh, the concept of discipline comes up, and it's always treated negatively. Well, discipline doesn't start with, um, whether it's spankings or, or taking something away from your child or whatever whatever that, um, you know, how, however the parents are led to discipline there. It begins with the conversation, with instruction, right, and admonishment. Hey, I saw what you're doing, and it's not exactly right. Come on and do this instead, right? Let's come back in alignment, and let's, let's move forward in this. And that may happen however many times as, as the Lord leads. And if it's still refused, then you see that pattern change. And then you see, well, I'll say harsher consequences. But you see this pattern throughout the entirety of Scripture. Or you especially see it, and, and I'll, I'll bring these two books up specifically, because many have a, a negative view of these two books. And that's Ezekiel and Jeremiah. Uh, many people have this view that those are extremely harsh books and the Lord's just raining down fire and brimstone, if you will, and judging his, his people. When actually, if you read them, the Lord is sending prophets to encourage them to repent, to come back to the Lord, to do the right thing, right? To come back into alignment. And he says, sends his prophets to, to share that word repeatedly. But it's because of the people and their, what do you want to call it, stubbornness, hardness of heart, rebelliousness, whichever word or phrase you want to use to describe that, the the mindset, the heart of the people. Then you saw the results of the discipline having to be, I'll say, ramped up or increased. But ultimately, even in describing, or the prophets describing, Again, just sharing the word of the Lord, not adding to, not taking away. You even hear the explanation. It's because of this. And then it's so, right, or it's because of your actions. And then it's so that you will return to the Lord. Right? Yes. Okay. So, on the surface, we can have this very negative view. But in reality, when the Lord does something, it's always done out of love. And it's always done so we would return to him. That he would be our God and we would be his people. Again, you see the same pattern of edification, of equipping, of building up and encouraging his body. And there's a teaching and education just like a parent to a child. And why would we expect anything less? He is our Heavenly Father. And our Lord and Savior. So we can learn a lot from that. But again, be led by the Lord through his Holy Spirit and all that we say and all that we do. And whatever message it is that the Lord would have us bring, say it, do it, in the manner that the Lord prescribes for you to deliver that message or conduct that action. Um, let's, let's look at Colossians chapter four, verse six for a moment. Mm 
Um, actually, let's, let's go back up to verse 2. It says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in change, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Verse 5, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Awesome. So you see the, the understanding of letting the Lord be God. And what he asks us for is love. Faith works by love. I think you brought that up last week, Kyla. Faith works by love. And it's important that we are doing things not for our own benefit, not for selfish gain, but for the edifying of the church as we're desiring um, spiritual gifts. And let's look at First Peter uh, chapter 4, verse 11 as well. And I'll start at verse 10, actually. So it says, each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's not forget that very first statement in chapter 14. Pursue love. Mm -hmm. Pursue love. When we make it our business to put on the love, of Christ, the love of God and the mind of Christ and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, it'll perfect our ability to be vessels for the Holy Spirit to minister through. And will also understand how to cooperate with the Lord, to be sensitive to his presence, to allow him to move freely amongst us and deliver what it is that he has, because each one of us needs what the Lord has to say. Um, that's also one of the, the reasons that prophecy is important to us. And in verse 2, speaking in tongues, it's something for every believer. It's a gift. And if you want it, God is a good God. He gives that gift freely. Um, he's already given the Holy Spirit into the earth. Um, but the, and with prophecy, when there's understanding of what's being said, there's the opportunity for us to grow. There's the opportunity for us to change, which is why he's making the distinction. If you don't understand what I'm saying, there's no way you can put it into action. There's no way that you can um, begin to build a foundation and have a firm word from the Lord to stand on. But when you do understand, you're able to do just that. And I like the effort that um, Paul is putting here to explain why these things are important. But verse 12 is, is also dealing with the, um, as we've looked at throughout 1 Corinthians, the tendency of human flesh to want to divide itself, to want to um, topple others and exalt itself. Um, so he's saying, so even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, which is good, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel, not for your own um, 
benefit, not so you are more important, not so you are in the spotlight, not so you are getting more money, not so you're doing any of those things, but the gifts are God. The gifts from God, in this particular case, the um, spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit ministers and manifests are for building up the church. So keeping our motivation, our heart pure and clean as we're pursuing God, to have him more present in our life, to have him ministering effectively through us. Just keeping our, our motivations clean before him. Um, as often as said in this household, um, you know, we do what, um, we say what God says and we do what God tells us to do. You know, um, I have a friend who's uh, Burmese, speaks with um, a pretty um, interesting Asian accent, not your typical Asian accent. Mm-hmm. And um, he's difficult to understand. Mm-hmm. But the more I hang around him, the easier it is for me to hear and understand him well. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're not um, hearing God well, we should assess ourselves mm-hmm. as to what is the amount of time we're spending with him, having real conversation, listening and speaking, not just bringing our prayer needs before him or our concerns, but just actively engaging him in a relationship so that we can hear him well which will make all these other things fall into place a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and honey, I want to build off of what you said um, and what we have been discussing. Whether it's tongues, whether it's prophecy, it is for edification, for the building up, right? Um, if you could, turn with me to Acts 2, which is when... Um, you see tongues manifest, the gift of tongues manifests. And it manifested on the apostles and the 120 people that were, were gathered there on the day of Pentecost that received the Holy Spirit, right, as Jesus had promised, right, which was also prophesied about in Isaiah, right? That's in Isaiah twenty eight eleven. But you see... These 120 people, and this is Acts 2, verse 4. It says, They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, and here's key, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Then, oh, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together, and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Ferga and uh, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya, adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What could this mean? But yet others mocked, mocking, said, They are full of new wine. So I want to bring this, this section of Scripture up, honey, to, to build off of what you said. You see in verse 
for the key. The tongues were as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then you see the results of that. You see the building up and the edification, right? Because what were each of the individuals speaking in tongues saying? That's in verse 11. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Right? You see the the divine um, manifestation of approximately 120 people speaking in tongues, reaching all these people across the globe. Right? Each person hearing it in their own language that they knew from birth. Now, yes, they could know other languages, but they were hearing it, or it was being, the word was being ministered in a way that mattered to them, that communicated directly with them, which is what Paul is getting at here, right? Yes. The Lord knows how to reach you specifically, and that's what, whether it's tongues or prophecy, is for. It's a building up edification, and, and all the rest of the gifts are as well. Building up edification, ministering directly with you, the Lord's child, right? Yes. Okay. And yes, unfortunately, you also see people that didn't want to believe, that chose to not believe, and tried to give an excuse or, or a reason as to why this was happening. Oh, it's just new wine. In other words, saying they were drunk. I, I don't know. I have yet to come across a drunk person that can speak in a multitude of languages not having previously spoken in those languages before. Uh, it's just not anything I've ever observed or experienced. Right? But it was anything to try to dismiss what the Lord was doing here through the Holy Spirit and through these 120 people. And then it continues. And we won't read all that, right? But, but, Peter begins to minister to the people and share the Lord, which is what it's all about, to, and, or to give an opportunity for each of these other people that were hearing the word of the Lord being ministered to in their own language, giving them the opportunity to come into a, a real, a right relationship with the Lord and Savior of all the earth. Mm-hmm. And that you know that was the Holy Spirit working a special miracle for them um, that he that God the Father predetermined that he wanted to be worked, but in all things God has already predetermined good things that He has for us. Um, but I, I wanted okay I wanted to um, make sure I don't skip over this part here. Um, let's see where it talks about. Um, Verse 4 of chapter 14 in 1 Corinthians says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. And mm-hmm. connect that. We need that. Absolutely. We need to be built up. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. We, we should be built up in the things of God. We should be encouraged in the things of God and brought ever closer to Jesus Christ. And um, Jude, verse 20 and 21, I'm going to read that to you really quickly. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, um, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. It's important. We need that. And 
for any of you that have questions about receiving the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he has already been given. The day of Pentecost has already come. So he is a gift and a gift that Jesus Amen. promised. This particular kind of praying in the, in the spirit, and that is for the building up of you personally as a temple of God, is available to you. It's as simple as how we receive salvation. Petition, ask God for it, and believe that he hears you, and that because he's already said it's a gift for you, it's not something you have to beg God for. Mm -hmm. You don't have to tarry. You don't have to do any of those things. Ask and believe that he heard you, and then receive what you asked him for. And I want to look at something very closely in Acts chapter 2. Verse 4, it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. That's God's part. Mm -hmm. And began to speak with other tongues. God doesn't force you to speak. It is you who begins to speak, believing that he will give you utterance. Okay? That's how that works. Yes. And it's not him that comes and overpowers you because he doesn't do that to us. He's a gentleman. He asks for permission. And then he flows through us with our cooperation, not um, taking us by force or against our will. Otherwise, everybody would be saved, right? And yes. we know that's not the case. Um so give, when you ask the Lord for this gift, believe that he heard you and then you receive it. And then as the Holy Spirit gives you utterance, begin to speak, open your mouth and allow, allow him to speak through you. And then he will work everything that he wants to accomplish. And that is something that you can do freely as you determine. And that's why Paul says he, he wished that we all spoke in tongues. Um, because he understands the importance of it, but in our personal gifting for that, our personal life to build us up. And when it comes to public ministry, tongues must be accompanied by interpretation or prophecy, because that's for the building up of the hearers. When we're in our personal time, I need to be built up. That's my study time with the Lord. That's my communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That's my prayer time. All of those things to make me who God wants me to be. And then as he uses me to minister to others, Speaking in a language that they understand is how the Holy Spirit uses me to help others get to where they need to be. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today. So could I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Kyla. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for today, God, and we thank you for this opportunity to gather together and that you supply all our needs, God, and that you give us a way to build ourselves up in you, God, and but you also give a word to build up those around us, God, and that you offer grace and offer knowledge and mercy to us, and that you don't keep yourself hidden to us. You reveal yourself to us, God. We ask that you keep our listeners and our partners, God, and that you continue to help them grow and flourish, God, that you keep all that they've committed to you, God, and that you continue to be faithful to them. And we just thank you for all these things. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. 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 We love you. God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.